series of teachings looking at the parables, stories that Jesus told. And um, we are at part six. I've skipped a few to get to this one. But this is one of those parables that there is so, so much in it. Thank you um, so much, um, guys. Amen. Come and put your hand together for musicians. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, parables. And so we, we have been doing a couple on stewardship. But this one is a parable. In, in some Bibles it says a parable of the ten virgins. Some say the ten bridesmaids. But um, the wording doesn't change what the parable says. This parable is found in only one of the Gospels. Um, are the synoptic gospels you want to call them but only one and it's found in the book of Matthew in Matthew chapter 25 as usual I'm going to ask you to find that Matthew chapter 25 from 1 to 13 that's where it is found but it is so it is so loaded with truths principles and promises that it's going to be very difficult to cover just this portion in one sermon as it is with many other scriptures in the Bible. So, so, so as led by the Lord, what I intend to do this morning is go through uh, a, a few of the verses. And then uh, we, as we, we come back week after week, we can go through this same parable looking at other things it teaches. There's also been a lot of uh, things that this parable um, has been interpreted as. For example... Um, uh, persons have used it to say people can basically lose salvation because they were bridesmaid but they were locked out. Um, but there's nothing in this particular parable that indicates that. All right. So we go. We're going to look at that and see what it says, and then um, it's going to be good, right? There's a reason why we don't have. Normally we have. PowerPoints with blanks, but like we said, there is so much in these parables that we want to challenge you that as the Lord speaks to you, you take notes outside of what we have um, on the overhead. You will have some notes to work with though, just for you, some of you who are not able to capture everything. All right, All of that was just to help you to find Matthew chapter 5. If you have not found it yet, God help you. Amen. All right. But, but for those of you who have, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to lift our Bibles up. We stand for the reading of God's word. We show honor to his word um, by standing and reading his word together. I also want you to just lift your Bibles uh, uh, um, high for me and declare with me that this is God's word. Not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me read for you. And listen, you can just underline stuff because there's so many good stuff in this. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were, uh, they were roused by, sh by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming! Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, 
the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Just turn to your neighbor and say to them, You must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of his return. Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus for your word. Indeed, your word is truth. It is declared in scripture that if we uh, follow your word, obey your word, indeed we are your disciples. And we will know your truth and the truth will set us free. Your word also declares that who the son sets free is free indeed. We want to live in that freedom, almighty God. And so this morning we realize that this is about you and not about us. So we decrease so that you would increase. Spirit of the living God, open every eye to see your truth, every ear to hear your voice, every mind to understand your word, and every heart to receive everything that you have in store for us. May we be more than mere hearers of your word, but doers also. And Spirit of the living God, we pray that someone today will come to know you as Lord and Savior. There will be someone who, like the prodigal son, will come to their senses and make their way back home to the Father's house. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come as we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. So much to cover in this parable so, so much. Now, um, this parable of the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids explain, it really speaks directly to the place of Israel's true converts during the tribulation period in relation to the church. So the parable is specifically uh, in context speaking to that, but we can apply it to our present modern day culture because it speaks to this as well. So, though it is speaking to a time of the great tribulation because Israel is asleep and many Jews, they say, will be saved, it also is applicable to the place that we are in. They call it in and out prophecy, meaning it speaks of a futuristic thing, but it has a present application. So, let me just give you some things about the characters and stuff in the parable. These virgins are the attendants at the wedding, are these bridesmaids, they are the attendants at the wedding, and it is not indicating that there are multiple brides, because there is one bride for Christ, amen? And the one bride for Christ is the, the church. So there is one bride, which is the church, and there are many bridesmaids, amen? Who are the bridesmaids? We are the bridesmaids, and the church is the, the one church that Christ will come for. Amen. Meaning that means that in the Baptist church there are bridesmaids. In the in the in the Methodist church there are bridesmaids. In the charismatic movement there are bridesmaids. But when Christ comes back, He's coming back for one bride. Amen. John the Baptist is the best man for the wedding. The Scripture says this in John. 3 verse 29 that John is the friend of the bridegroom and the prepared bridesmaid are the saved of the tribulation period so the number 5 now so we spoke about the, the, the bridesmaid and the bride and, and, and the, the, the number 5 in each group does not indicate that half of humanity will be saved and that half will be unsaved it only indicates that there are two types of people. Two types of people. There are two types of people. They're ready and those who are not ready. The prepared and the unprepared. So you have to ask your neighbor, are you ready? 
Some of you laughing. You see, when you ask questions like these, you must wait for an answer. Because the person beside you may not be ready, and you need to get them ready. So let's go again. One, two, three, ask. All right, wonderful. The, the lamp refers to their lives, and their lives is either prepared or unprepared. The oil that is normally used in scripture as an indication of the Holy Spirit refers to the one who prepares them to give forth light and may rightly be illustrative of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. So the oil in the vessel is speaking of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The fact that they all slept while the bridegroom tarried implies a period of Jewish uh, inactivity during the church age while the bride is gathered. So while the church is being gathered, the Jewish people are asleep. That is what it means in a prophetic sense. But in the same sense, it's also saying that it is possible that because of the lengthy time that Christ, you know that Jesus said he'll be coming soon. And because soon has taken so long, many people fall asleep. Amen? Alright, so we're just giving you some stuff. Then we're going to go verse for verse, line to line, and precept to precept. Foolish, we said this last week. Foolish, our falling scripture, is not mental ability. It's the lack of spiritual discernment. The one who doesn't understand spiritual truths and principles in scriptures is classified as a fool. So fools mean stupid and is the designation of those who are carelessly unprepared. They had no oil at all. They never had a sufficient amount for the time so that when bridegroom came they would be ready so the refusal of the five prepared virgins to share with those who were unprepared must not be taken as them being cruel or unkind so many people will say well but but all of us are bride bridesmaid why you couldn't just give me some of the oil but if the oil represents the personal possession of the holy spirit then it cannot be shared. But must regenerate each person individually. In other words, we can't share the oil. We must be re regenerated by the oil which is the Holy Spirit. I, nobody can give you peace of the Holy Spirit that they have. Are a part of it. That comes out of our personal relationship with the Lord. No, no, this part of the parable has a very tragic ending. That I think we're going to experience, not us when I say we, but people are going to experience in the, in the end time. It says, thus the Lord responded, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I mean, this is so powerful because all of them had the same name designation. They had the same lamp. They had the same oil. They were going to the same Wedding, right, had the same instruction, but out of all, some were told, I didn't even know you. In other words, you look the part, but you're not apart. You dress the same, you do the same practices as the others do, but you're not one of them. This reminds me of when scripture says, there's a time of separating sheep from goat, wheat from tear. This is really saying there's also a time in that when you're going to separate the wise from the foolish. But right now, everybody look wise. But amongst us, there could be some fools. So you have to turn to your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm no fool. Remember, foolishness is not mental ability, but lacking spiritual discernment. It is indicative of Matthew 7 verse 23, where Jesus says, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. But the formalizing of the marriage is reserved for the great day when the bride, the lamb's wife, will have made herself completely ready. 
In other words, there's a day. There's going to be a big wedding. When the bride of Christ will meet Christ. And the bridesmaid will be there providing light for the entrance of the bridegroom. Who will come to take his bride. And they go on a honeymoon. Where? In a mansion in the sky. Hallelujah. You have to make sure you have. You have to make sure that you have, you have some oil in your lamp, you know. Or else you're going to be dark. And if you can't a dark, door going to lock upon you. You don't want that to happen. You understand me? You can't go shop when the bride, when the bride, when you bust him mad. You have to, come on, tell anybody, for hold your position, don't go shop. <laughs> yeah, we don't even get to that yet, but some people went shopping. Can you imagine people went shopping for oil? When the wedding is about to start and get locked out. But wait, listen to this in Revelation 19.79. Let us be glad and rejoice and give glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. That's the church. Then he said to me right in verse 9. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true saints of God. So the church has made herself ready and we have been called to the marriage supper. These bridesmaids or virgins are those who profess Christianity. Members of the church. But they are called bridesmaids. All who follow the lamb are said to be virgins in the scripture now I, I know you have all kind of thoughts as, as to what that is and what that means but the bible explains when it speaks of and it uses the term virgin what it means revelation 14 4 says these are the ones who are not defiled with women for they are virgins it means that the person who is considered a virgin is an undefiled person it means that the person is pure. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. They, they are pure and they follow after the Lord. These are redeemed from among men. Called out ones. Right? Being first root to God and to the lamb. So when the scripture uses the term virgin, it speaks, in about, speaks about undefiled purity, redeemed, obeyers and followers of the lamb and the first root to God. It denotes that they are beautiful and they are pure and they are supposed to be presented as chaste virgins to Christ. So there is a responsibility for the bride maids to be pure and undefiled because the church of God ought to be pure and undefiled without spot or blemish just like the Lamb of God. Amen? So the Lamb of God, Jesus, who is the bridegroom, is coming for his bride, the church, that without spot or blemish. So those who are going to participate in that final wedding feast must be without spot and blemish and undefiled and pure, which represents you and I. Amen. Second Corinthians 11 verse 2 says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. This word means engage. Right? So, the scripture is saying, the church is not yet married to Christ. Because the marriage has not taken place yet. The church is engaged to Christ, waiting and the marriage to take place when he returns. Bithrot. Alright? It's the same thing we saw with Joseph and Mary. Right? Joseph was kind of shocked. Because Joseph, ho, 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 hold on. Certain things don't happen yet, man. I engage, re-engage. We don't have no wedding yet. You can't be with child. That is for the honeymoon and that don't start yet. So how come this happened? And that is why the Lord had to intervene and talk to Joseph and say, Easy man, I know you're a youth man. I'm a youth. <laughs> you understand me? But, but we, just, we just bring you in on the plan, Joseph. So relax. Still do the wedding. Right? 
and there was a wedding. So the bridegroom is a king, and these ten virgins are maids of honor, or bridesmaid. The assignment of these bridesmaids is to meet the groom. Right? They are to wait on the bridegroom when he appears, and in the meantime, to wait for him. That is why there is no way that you could leave. Because you have been charged with an assignment. And the assignment is, when, when you hear the shout, because what would happen is say, this is the city right here that the wedding was going to be. When the bridegroom is over that city at the back of the church, there would be a shout. So the people here, the alarm is sounded. Right, so the people here would know that the bridegroom cometh. So now you need to stand in order, have your lamp ready, so that a pathway can be made for the bridegroom to go to his bride, the church. What happens here? People don't go about their business. Is that what happened? They went to shop. It's actually in the Bible if you don't believe me. Right? They're supposed to wait. Come on, you have to tell you see, you have to tell anybody these things. You have to tell them, you have to keep on waiting. You see, it is a waiting that makes many people leave their position. And go do other things. Only to find out that on their way out and wait and when they are gone, the bridegroom comes and the door is locked on them. And they realize that, oh, I was just playing the part. But I wasn't really a part of the wedding party from in the beginning. This is the nature of Christianity. As Christians, we acknowledge ourselves to be servants of Christ who honor him and praise him. Especially when he will come with his saints to be glorified. We must follow him as loyal servants. Do their masters. As it says in John 12 verse 26. If anyone serves me. Let him follow me. And where I am. There my servants will be also. If anyone serves me. Him my father will honor. In other words. We are to honor. And exalt the name of the Lord. Until he returns. We are also supposed to live. In expectation of the Lord's second coming. When we wake up in the morning. We ought to check and say. Hey I am ready for the Lord to return. I have made my preparation. Come Jesus come. I am ready. I am prepared for the Lord to return right now. Because I have my lamp, I have my light, I have enough oil. Lord, I'm ready. And he doesn't turn up. The next day when I wake up, Lord, I am ready. There ought to be this eager anticipation. A crying out, a longing for the Lord's return. Amen. But, but, but here's what I call a false profession. And false profession will save no one. It only brings the final judgment of Christ upon the unsaved. So listen verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to the ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The first word then in that is really referring to what was taking place in chapter 24. So clearly, it places this parable in the time preceding and during the king's return to earth. Jesus likened the kingdom of heaven at that time to uh, ten virgins, ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. bridegroom. Some of Christ's parable, they, they show us what it will be like now and what it will be like in the future. This parable tells us what it will be like when our Lord returns to establish his earthly kingdom. So Christ's attitude and action towards the ready and the unready on this great day is illustrated by this parable. Those who profess to be Christian at this time are likened to ten virgins. 
So our Lord uses a wedding ceremony for this illustration. And oftentimes in scripture, there is Christ, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. So let's understand what the culture was like. It was a custom among the Jews on the occasion of a wedding that the bridegroom, accompanied by his friends, came to the house of the bride. In other words, it was the bride who was waiting for the bridegroom. I'd like to know when that was changed. And, and who changed it? I, I am sure that if everything turned around, wedding this would be over. Sooner. Like, like they'll, 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 they'll end, right? So if you're, if you're unmarried and plan to get married, here's how it works. The bride is supposed to be waiting and the bridegroom. If you're already married, say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right. but, but, but that's what happened in this culture. So, right, so the, 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 he and his friends would turn up late in the night. She expected him. And when she saw him, this is a culture, she would now tell the bridesmaid to go out with their lamps in their hand to light the path to the house where there was a joyful celebration for the couple uniting in marriage. So what would happen, they would hear, like I said, an alarm that he's on his way. The bride would say, all right, the church says, the church, the one church says, all right, now, it's time for you to go and light the pathway so that the bridegroom can have a lit path to the church. You see why you can't leave? You see why you need oil in your lamp? Because you need to be light. You need to be light. You need to light up the pathway so that when the bridegroom cometh, John says this. John says, uh, John was doing that. Preparing the way in the wilderness for the coming or the appearance of who? Jesus. In the same way, we are supposed to be preparing the way for the Lord to come and marry his church. And that is by being the light in the world. Our lamps must be filled with light and burning. Right? And so, here's what would happen. The, the normally for this, they would use ten virgins. This is where some translation uses virgins instead of bridesmaid. So, for the Jews, they never held a synagogue service, circumcised, kept the Passover, or contracted marriage unless at least ten persons were always present. It happened with Ruth and Boaz in Ruth chapter 4 verse 2. In other words, for something to be uh, uh, legal, there had to be at least 10 witnesses. Alright? So this is why 10 bridesmaids are actually in the scripture. But here's the good news. We are not just light, we are also witnesses to the marriage sermon of the bridegroom and his church. Come on, just put your hand yourself. I have an important role. You can't abort it. You can't abort it. You can't leave it. You have to stick to your job. The bridegroom is the Lord. Shows his great love for the church. I'm telling you. This is good stuff. So we live in expectation of the Lord's return. As Christians, we profess not only to believe and look for Christ, but to love and long for the appearing of Christ. And to act in a Christ-like manner. With regard to it. The chief concern. Which is our chief concern. Is to have lights in hand. When we meet the bridegroom. To honor and serve him. So we are children of light. The gospel is light. And those who receive it. Must not only be enlightened by themselves. But must shine as lights. Philippians 2.5 15 and 16 says this. F Philippians chapter 2, 15 and 16, verses 15 and 16 says, That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain and labored in vain. We have a responsibility to shine our light. 
as we anticipate the return of the bridegroom coming to have the wedding ceremony for his bride, the church. Verse 2 says, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Ask your neighbor, which are you? What did they tell you? I mean, if they said foolish, they are in problems. You need, to, you need to lay hands on them right now. So you need to make sure. Listen, when you ask these questions, remember, they need to give you one. So ask them again, because I know they didn't answer you. They just smiled. <laughs> All right. Now that they have answered, we can move along, right? All right. Some of them didn't even respond to you because they're not sure. Right? So, so don't worry. Right? The first thing we are told about these virgin concerns their character. Their character was that five were wise and five foolish. Now, this is directed at people who are in, people who had access to the wedding, people who had all the resources necessary. In that, the character is not everyone is the same, though they dress the same, they practice the same things. They say the same things. Have you ever been, how many have been to weddings? Do you realize that the bridal party all dress the same? They all look the same? I mean, if they, you know, they, they do the hair in bonds. If they, it's blue, they all in blue. They have the same, and it's good for picture. But it's not just picture, you know. Have you ever gone to a wedding, and one person out of the five bridesmaids just look different? And then you say, watch out, you see a true of the wedding. You have, you have to take them out of the whole thing and say, come, your color not really much. It's too light. I mean, we, we look at that because here, here's what happened. But here's what happened. Do you know that though all of those bridesmaids, they call them at weddings here, they look the same. You know, they all have different characters and hearts. Because they look the same don't mean that they're all the same. The point I'm making to you is that though we all look the same, we listen to the same sermons, sing the same songs, read the same Bible. Not all of us are the same. I want you to hear me. Not all, listen, I'm not saying that you are not. I'm just saying that some of us are not. I didn't say you. But some are not. Some were wise and some were foolish. No, no, wisdom overcomes foolishness like light overcomes darkness. So those who claim to know Christ may have characters which are vastly different in the eyes of God. Christians are wise bridesmaids. And the hypocrites are the foolish ones. We spoke about what hypocrite is in the scripture. That it is this mask thing, the actor that keeps on changing faces. So hypocrisy is really when you're not really who you say you are. In fact, in another parable, they are represented by the wise and the foolish builders. Without a doubt, both wisdom and foolishness is readily apparent in, in the way individuals regard their souls. What do I mean by that? Because true religion is true wisdom. And sin is foolishness. Come on, say with me. Sin is foolishness. Look at any. You have to look at any. And say, if you keep doing the same sin, you, you are mad. Come on, just look at him and say, if you keep doing it, you have lost your mind. I, I know some of you don't, don't agree with me. Remember we brought this down? Alright. How many of us know that certain sins are wrong things to do. Alright? And you do it, right? Amen? I have to do it once, twice, maybe thrice, four, five, six times. Alright. So if a person keeps on doing the same thing, knowing it's not good for them, would you say they have sense? No, I'm just asking you. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm re not really speaking about you. I'm just talking about somebody that we all know that is not us. Right? So don't think it's you, right? It's, it's definitely not you. But if somebody knows that something is not good for them and they keep on doing it, 
Would you not assume that they have no sense? Come on, just put your NHS now and say, that's not me though. There you go. Sin is foolishness. Insanity. But especially the sin hypocrisy. Since the greatest fools are wise in their own minds. The biggest fool, you know, is the one who the foolish is and think it is loaded with wisdom. That's the biggest fool. The person who is doing nonsense and try to convince you that it makes sense. And there's nothing that a teenager has normally fall in this category right here. <laughs> There's, there's absolutely nothing you can tell them. Because they are convinced that their folly is loaded with wisdom. More wisdom than you. And when it doesn't work, they go back and try to make it work because they are so convinced that it makes sense. In fact, the worst sinners believe that they are good men. Can't be changed. So when judging others, we ought to remember that the gate is straight and few find it. However, in judging others, we ought to remember that the captain of our salvation brings many sons to glory. I like verse 3. It says, those who were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them. So here we are told why they were foolish. It's loaded. It says, the five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. In other words, they had oil, but they didn't bring the extra. Because the lamps generally come with a little bit in it. So watch this. They had lamps. Think about these people. You're going to a place that you don't know how long you're going to wait. In fact, watch this. You see your neighbor bringing extra. All of you going to the same place. Your neighbor is bringing extra. And you don't go and buy any. You don't get any oil. You see a person preparing for a long wait. You know you have a long wait. But still yet, you don't prepare for it. I wonder if there are some of us, we know that we should be preparing. But we're just, we just not preparing. They didn't have any extra oil with them. They had just enough oil to make their lamps burn for the present. If they intended to meet the bridegroom, they should have brought an extra bottle of oil with them just in case the bridegroom stopped along the way to celebrate with his friends. You know how it is. You have been to other weddings. You know sometimes they tell you the wedding starts at 2.30. And the bride says that, well, I had to fix my hair. You understand me? You know, she said that, you know, I had to change the makeup. I just never liked the way the shoe was, so we turned back. Right? So when you go to wedding, you always bring a little extra. You bring an extra shoes. You bring granola bar. Yeah, yeah, you bring a little extra everything because you know, they're my brother nowadays. You know, she must she may feel like I wonder why I should still go. <laughs> and she trying to you know drink some champagne and soda to you know calm her nerves. So you have to do that. Here it is that they knew by tradition that there could have been a delay, but they did nothing to prepare. I wonder if the church is unprepared because of the delay. And though it has been delayed and we have time to prepare, we are still not preparing. In fact, they are foolish because they also, they had no oil, but they had no principles. They have lamp, they have a lamp of profession in their hand, but not in their hearts. 
In other words, the newer lamp was needed. But guess what? As long as they have the lamp, they don't matter because we have lamp. Because the heart were in the wrong places. They took lamp with enough oil for the present but had nothing when their lamps. Uh, they, 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 they lack the knowledge and the conviction which are necessary to carry them through the trials they will face. They act under the influence of external enticement but are void of spiritual life. Now this is deadly. Because I think many people have been wondering what happened to the people since COVID. Have you heard it? Since COVID. Where are the people? Could it be that they never really had no oil? They just had a lamp? And COVID was the delay that caused a little oil in their lamp to run out. So now the door has been shut because they only looked the part. But really, we thought they were, but they were not apart. Could it be? The good thing is that they still have time because the bridegroom has not come yet. In addition to being foolish, they are not prepared for what is to come. They took lamps with only enough oil for the present, but had nothing when the lamps went dry. The careless attitude is the ruin of many who falsely profess Christ. They are concerned only with commending themselves to their neighbors, not to approve themselves to Christ, even who, whom they must appear before one day. So here it is. That all the bridegrooms were trying to do, the bridemaids were trying to do, was to look like the next bridesmaid. Be like the next bridesmaid. And not thinking about preparing for the bridegroom. I wonder if we are focused in on being like our neighbor than being ready for Christ. We prepare to look like each other instead of preparing for Christ's coming. So we have made our neighbors our competitors instead of preparing for the coming of the bridegroom. You see, as long as they look like the others, they were satisfied. As long as I do the things that you do, Pastor Ray, it's okay. Even if I don't meet the criteria for the coming of the bridegroom. Come on, it's not about your neighbor. It's about you. They do not provide for the hereafter, hereafter as the ant does. Nor lay up for the time to come. As First Timothy 6.19 says, Store up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Verse 4 says this, But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Here we are told why five of the virgins were called wise. It's not because they had oil in their lamps, but they brought extra oil with them. They were prepared to meet the Lord. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? They have something good within, which is faith in Jesus Christ. And His Spirit helped them to be faithful and to do right. Now concerning the heart, the heart is a vessel. And we are wise if we have it furnished with Christ and His good things. That's the Word and the Holy Spirit. For out of our hearts comes wisdom and goodness. Grace is the oil which we must have. In the vessel, in the tabernacle or the temple, there was a constant supply of oil for the light. Exodus 35, 14 says, also the lampstand for the light, its utensils, its lamp, and the oil for, for the light. In other words, the Old Testament temple, there was a constant light in it. The, the lampstand always produced light. In the same way, we are the temple of the Lord. And what that means is that we must forever be the light. We can't afford to let the oil run out so we can't produce light. Because we know not the hour or the minute when the bridegroom cometh. We don't have time to go to shop to get it when he's on his way. Because it's going to be too late. And too late, too late shall be their cry. Because if your oil run out, you are just playing the part. But you are never apart. Our 
our light must shine before men in good works. But this cannot be or cannot be for very long unless there is faith in the heart. Faith in Christ and love for God and our brethren. And everything we do for God requires that we keep an eye on what is before us. So the five virgins took oil in their vessels in addition to what was in their lamps. Did it upon the supposition that perhaps the bridegroom may dwaddle along the way. In looking forward, it is good to prepare for the worst. To lay in for the long haul or the long wait. I don't know. But, but, but I'm ready if you come now, Lord. But here's what. If you take 10 years, I'm building some stuff in me that is going to keep me in the right place. There you go. Lay in a foundation. Lord, I'm going to study the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to get connected because I know I may be in this so long haul. Because you may just want to wait a little longer. And I don't want my all to be done. So I have to stay in a place where it is continually being refilled and being poured in every single day. Because I can't afford it to run out. Of his fullness have we received. And grace for grace. When Christ returns. I want you to know that it will be a time of separation. The wise will be separated from the fool. The faithful servants from the unfaithful. The blessed sheep from the cursed goats. The wheat from the tear. The wise virgins had oil and were prepared to meet the bridegroom. Many people profess to be Christians. But they do not have the Holy Spirit. And they are not born again. Romans 8 verse 9 says. But you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. Being in church is not it. Church. It is Christ being in you. That's salvation. Let me say it again. Being in church is not it. It's whether Christ is in your vessel. Because if he's not... We're having problems. His coming also means an evaluation. As we wait for the Lord to return, we must invest our lives and dividends for his glory. Christ gives us opportunity that matches our ability. And the one talent servant is just as important as the five talent servant. Because the key is faithfulness. For God measures us against ourselves and not against others. Don't think like Christ is going to say, Hey, no, no, man, this one is more safe because he preached, hey, he preached 300, 365 sermons, you know. <laughs> you only did 65. You know, you, you get a 7.5, he gets an 8.5. No, no, no. God won't be measuring you against me or me against you. God will be measuring you against God's standards. It is required then. In stewardship, that one be found faithful. When Christ returns, it will be a time of commendation. This probably is not teaching salvation by good works. Christ know his sheep and his sheep know him. What it is about is knowing that you are a sheep. Knowing that I am the bridesmaid that when the door open, I'll be there to walk in. So I'm going to end with this. Because that's just four verses. Follow the parable. They saw their peers preparing. And yet it never challenged them to be prepared. They were invited to the wedding, not by the bridesmaid that were with them. They were invited. All of us are invited to the wedding by the bridegroom. When the bridegroom turns up, 
Some of the bridesmaids are not there. You remember why they left? Why did they leave? They left because they were told by other bridesmaids to go to shop. Let me, let me say that again. They were told by other bridesmaids to go to shop. They were not told by the bridegroom to go to shop. It was the bridesmaid who told them. So obviously, they knew that they needed to have oil according to the tradition. That is why they tried to hurry up and get it. Because they realized that we are going to miss this. Remember, there's a shout. He's coming, he's coming. And it is at that time that they realized that, oh my God, I don't have oil in my lamp. They had all the time in the world. In fact, they had such time that they had a sleep. They had times of, in other words, sleep means inactivity. The sleep time they could have used to purchase oil. I want you to understand. The people had moments of inactivity. And they did absolutely nothing. And when the king arrives, they are not there. Watch this, watch this. You know they actually got oil. But the oil can't be bought. Originally said, they brought extra oil. The five. The second part of the text says, they went, go and buy. So some brought it, but some wanted to buy it. Those who were trying to buy it, were left outside. And those who had it, went inside. Watch this. When they came, they knocked on the door. And said, Lord, Lord! It's us. In other words, we were here. But we had to leave and go do some other things. And we just reached back. Let us in now. Says, huh? I don't even know you. Isn't it amazing that the invited became the unknown? Again, everybody had the same opportunity. Everything. They looked the part. They had on the same stuff. And here it is. So the scripture encourages us and warns us. Say you, 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 you. Be on the watch. Because you don't know. In other words, watch the oil in your lamp. Keep a watch on the oil in your lamp. You see what happened with COVID? Is that COVID brought darkness. And so guess what? The, the lights had to be burning and burning and burning. And the more light you use, is the more oil you need. And if you don't have extra, then when COVID pass, then you run out. So instead of people filling up in COVID, you know what they did? They stay away. So what happened now? Imagine if the bridegroom entered now. You know how many people run to go and buy oil? So, so we're going to end with that. Let me, just, let me just read this. Because I have to read it for you but he called back believe me I don't know you in Revelation chapter 3 the scripture says I stand at the door and knock if anyone hear my voice and opens I'll come in and what and sup with him isn't it funny that it is Jesus who is supposed to be on the outside knocking on our door? And in this scripture, it is the people who are on the outside knocking. In other words, 
Though they were calling Lord. <laughs> the Lord was on the inside. Because it is the Lord. Who knocks on hearts. And knocks on doors. Not the servants. So what is the challenge to you? This morning. It's very simple. Very simple question. It is very simple. Are you ready? Because ready or not. Jesus is coming. Are you prepared? I'm not talking if you are going to church. Because you can look the part. And not be the part. There's an old song. It says come just as you are. Hear the spirit call. I want you to just bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Just for a few minutes. We invite the worship team to come. And as I want you to pray and ask the Lord for the grace. Ask Him to continually to continually fill you with oil so your oil never runs out. Pray and ask the Lord to keep you ready. Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, keep me ready. Keep me in a place of preparedness. Help me to keep watching, Lord. I want you to pray and say, Lord, let me be there when the door is open so I can go in. Just ask him, say, Lord, help me to not be found wanting to be on the outside knocking on the door. But let me be on the inside at the great marriage feast. Just ask him, say, Lord, help me to keep my light shining for you. With your head bowed and eyes closed. Come on, just come just as you are. And here's what I'm going to ask. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I'm not sure that I'm ready. I need that assurance. I'm not sure that I am prepared. And I know I need to be prepared. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you in the Lord. Because I've seen you. And I wouldn't want to know that you are on the outside. Knocking the door to get in. I know you have been coming to church. I know you do a lot of church stuff. But are you ready? So as the praise and worship team sing this song, if that's you, I want you to just stand to your feet where you are. And in a couple of minutes, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to encourage you.
listen the only heart I know is mine but God knows every heart and one thing I know is that those foolish bridesmaids were foolish to believe that up to the point of hearing the cry the midnight cry everything was okay when they realized it was not it was too late so my prayer for you is that that reality would hit you before it's too late imagine you did all the good things and all the church like things but you never had the king residing in your heart so heavenly father we thank you bridegroom we thank you for one day you will come for your bride and we the bridesmaid continue to light up the world with the light of your Holy Spirit we pray in the name of Jesus that we stay in a state of readiness and preparedness for your grand return if it's now we are ready and if it's delayed we will be ready cause us to abide in your presence so that our oil will continually be replenished and be refilled our lamps will never run out we refuse to be foolish we choose wisdom spirit of the living God I pray for every heart in this place I pray that when the door is open we will all walk in but we would that we would not have gone about our own business looking to purchase what you have already provided we thank you spirit of the living god we bless you we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor and all the praise that's due your name in Jesus name amen and amen and amen and amen come on just stand to your feet this morning and just give the Lord a big hand clap come on just put your hands together friend come on just shout hallelujah hold on hold on hold on no, come on come on Just come on. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I come on, say praise the, the Lord. Lord. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Alright, so anywhere you go, we are watching a song of praise. Come on, just sing with us. One, 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 two, three.
Oh, 